and welcome to Served Neat. I am your host, Jen Hartman. I'm a corporate dropout turned six-figure sales and marketing coach, bourbon enthusiast, type three Enneagram, and dog mom. I'm on a mission to show you that there is more to life than the nine to five grind and that you can leave your job to pursue your profitable passion. I'm going to prove to you that launching an online business can be fun and easy. I'll be giving away my best sales, marketing, mindset, and business strategies served neat. Pour yourself a glass of bourbon, have a seat, and let's chat. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Served Neat. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about something that used to absolutely terrify me, and that is objections. Objections used to make me so nervous, mainly because I didn't know how to handle them. The type of nervousness that would cause anxiety, I would start to stutter, and my ankles would seriously start to sweat. This is the biggest reason why I didn't make a single sale for the first three months when I worked in a sales job. That's right. My job was to close sales and I couldn't do it. Kind of embarrassing, right? I was doubting myself and my ability to make any money in this job, and I even considered quitting. Here's what changed for me. I went through formal sales training. Thank God it was much needed. I also practiced, and you know what they say, practice makes perfect. It truly does, especially when it comes to sales. Nobody walks out of the womb being a sales queen or a sales king. It takes so much time and repetition to get comfortable selling. Staying curious also helped when it came to overcoming objections. I was constantly asking more questions to get to the root of the objection. And that brings me to my next point. Understanding that all objections truly do come from the same place. And that is trust. (gasps) I know, shocking, but let me explain. Your prospect might not trust you, and that's why she's coming up with different objections. Or she might not trust your offer or your service. Or she might not trust herself. When you're handling objections, it's important to keep this in mind. Objections are merely smokescreens for a lack of trust. So fast forward a couple of years, I love me some objections. It means I'm getting closer to the end of the sale. It means my prospect is still interested because, you know, she hasn't hung up the phone yet. And I also look at objections as conversation starters instead of conversation enders. When I would get objections when I first started working in sales, that was the end of the conversation. As soon as somebody told me, yeah, this sounds great. I just don't have the money. I would be like, okay, no worries. We'll just like circle back in a couple of months from now. And we would never circle back because, you know, they didn't trust me or my company or my service that I had to offer. So now I look at objections in a completely different light. We're going to talk about some of the most common objections you'll come across in this online space and how to respond and overcome them. So before we dive in, take out your favorite pen and a piece of paper, or if we're going green and we're saving the trees, whip out your iPad and your iPen. I don't actually know if it's called an iPen, but you guys know what I mean. 
The most common objection that I hear in this online space is the price objection. The price objection might come in the form of your program is too expensive or your service is out of budget. And when your prospect says this, I want you to stay calm. Breathe, stay calm. Let's go ahead and talk about how to walk your prospect through this. Your response to this should be, is it the overall price or is it the fear of not seeing ROI? I'm going to say that one more time. I'll say it a little bit slower for those of you who are writing. Is it the overall price or the fear of not seeing ROI? And depending on her response, you have a couple of options here. So if she tells you, hey, you know what, Jen, this is great, but it really comes down to the overall price. You can go ahead and offer her some payment plans. Extended payment plans are always a good way to break down the overall price to fit the program into your prospect's budget. If it's the latter of the two and she's afraid of not seeing ROI, then what I would do is I would tell a story about a past client who felt the same exact way and offer up a reference. So here's what this looks when you put it into action. Hey, Emily, I completely understand where you're coming from. One of my past clients, Samantha, she felt the same exact way before investing in my mastermind. So she got over her fear of investing, and what ended up happening is she made her investment back times five during the program. I would love to connect you guys to have a conversation. Would you like me to give you her information? And your prospect is going to say, yes, that would be so great. And you're going to say, okay, not a problem. Here's her information. If the conversation checks out and everything sounds good, would you be willing to move forward with this program? And she's going to say, yeah, this sounds great. So that's kind of how that conversation would go. So again, just to repeat, you guys have a couple of options here with the price objection. If it's overall price, you offer up extended payment plans. And I would write those out before the call. Don't try to come up with them on the spot because trust me, when you're talking to a prospect and you're trying to like do some math on a calculator, carry the conversation, it becomes a little bit overwhelming. Your second option is if it's the fear of not seeing a return on her investment, tell a story about a past client and offer up her reference. If you guys don't have a past client who felt that similar way or experienced those things, don't make somebody up because your client or I guess your prospect would be able to tell. It seems very inauthentic. So if you don't have that story to tell, tell your own story. Most of us have been through that fear of investing, whether it was because we weren't afraid of seeing a return or maybe we just didn't have the funds, whatever it may be, tell your own story. It'll seem much more genuine and you'll be able to have a stronger connection with your prospect. Okay, the next most common objection I see in this space is timing. And this shows up like this. Oh, it's just not the right time. Or, oh, I'll join next time. Here is what your response should be. It sounds like you'd rather join my next round. I'm curious, why would you like to join next time instead of now? She might say, oh, I'm just too busy right now, or I want to sign another client first. And that's totally not a big deal. Here's how you can handle this. If your prospect says something like, I'm just too busy right now, or I have a lot going on, I would respond by saying something along the lines of, I completely understand that you have a packed schedule at the moment. What is going to change between now and next round that would allow you to join? 
Usually what happens here is your prospect realizes that there's never going to be a good time to join your program or purchase your service because reality is she's going to keep getting busier and busier and busier and the perfect time is just not going to exist and she will realize it in this moment. If your prospect says something like, I want to sign another client first, what you can say is, it sounds like you would feel more comfortable investing in this program after you've signed another client first. This is actually something we cover in my program. I teach you how to sign your next client, your client after that, and really your next 50 clients. How does this sound? Your prospect is going to say, that sounds really great. And then you're going to respond with, all right, are you ready to sign up for my program? (laughs) Okay, last but not least, here's another really common objection in this online space. They are not the decision maker. They have to check with the decision maker before moving forward. Here's how this shows up. Oh, this sounds good. I'll just have to check with my boyfriend first, or I'll just need to confirm with my grandma's cat's whatever. You know, like there's always somebody else in the picture that they have to have a conversation with. Your response to her is going to be, I completely understand. Is your boyfriend your business partner or whoever the decision maker is, whoever she creates in this conversation, whether it's her boyfriend, her grandma's cat, her best friend's boyfriend's uncle, that's the person that you insert into this response. So again, I'll say it slowly. I completely understand. Is your boyfriend your business partner? Guess what? He's definitely not the business partner. (laughs) So she wants to put the decision or the blame on somebody else. And it feels comfortable this way. So what you can do is you can say something like, oh, okay, I get that. So did your boyfriend understand the power of investing in yourself? And the wheels are going to start turning and she's going to say, you know what? No, he doesn't really understand. And then she's going to feel a little bit more empowered to make a decision for herself. To help her even feel more empowered, what you can do is you can offer up any materials that would help make her decision so much easier or her boyfriend's decision. And I wish you guys could see me because I just made air quotes. When somebody's dead set on talking to their boyfriend or their dad or their mom or whoever it may be, I'm always like, you know what? I understand it makes sense to talk to other people in your life about this big investment. What materials can I give you to make that decision so much easier or that much easier? Because what she's doing is she's taking your program or your service and she's turning around and pitching it to somebody in her life if she actually is doing it. She might not be. It's highly likely she's not going to be doing that because she is the CEO of her business. She runs her business. She doesn't need a say from other people. So I offer up supporting materials. I also offer up a second call with that decision maker. So if they're dead set on checking with a boyfriend, I say, that's great. Why don't we go ahead and schedule a follow-up call so we can get your boyfriend on the call with us tomorrow afternoon? How does that sound? It sounds a little bit pushy. However, this is going to do one of two things. You're either going to call her out on her BS or she's going to say, you know what? That's really not necessary. I can just make the decision on my own. So during these conversations, as I went through each one of these, there's a couple of things in common. I always respond with empathy and then I follow it up with a question. I continue to ask questions until I get to the real reason for her objection. And I already know before I go into these conversations, the objection handling conversations, A lot of these come from trust. I know that already. So 
I like to kind of find out where the trust is going wrong. And I do that through asking more questions. Don't let objections stump you and prevent you from understanding what's going on with your prospect. Objection handling conversations give you the opportunity to get to know your prospect that much better. So do not be afraid to continue to ask questions. Next tip for you, once you think you've covered all of your objections or all of her objections, follow it up with this response. Now that we've confirmed that this program fits into your monthly budget, are you ready to move forward? Or if it was a timing objection, you can say, now that we've confirmed it's the perfect time to join my program, are you ready to move forward? Asking this question will confirm that either you have covered every single objection and she's ready to sign a contract, or two, you have not covered every objection and there's still hidden objections that you have to have a conversation about. Do not move forward in the conversation until you ask this question. What's going to happen if you don't ask this question is she's going to hang up the phone, create another objection for herself, and then she's not going to move forward with your offer or your program or your service. So talk out all the objections while you have her on the phone and get buy-in that she is ready to buy from you. Okay, guys, that is it for today's episode. I loved talking about objections. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to dive deeper into objection handling, because I know there are dozens of other objections that you're going to come across in this online space, you might be a really great fit for my six-figure sales training that's coming up the first week of February. My six-figure sales training is going to cover six-figure sales mindset. We're going to talk about lead generation, selling in the DMs, mastering discovery calls, overcoming any objection that is thrown your way increasing urgency, and following up to secure the sale. If you guys are like, this sounds amazing, I need it, go ahead and click the link in my show notes. It's going to give you some more details and you can check out from there. The training, again, it kicks off in February. It consists of four live 60-minute calls where you guys have the ability to not only learn from me, but you can ask me questions during the training as well. There's hot seat coaching. And I also have office hours where I jump back into the program to answer any questions that pop up in between the trainings. You also get access to all of my scripts, scripts that have allowed me to close over $200,000 in sales in the last year. Okay, guys, that is it. I hope to see you in the six-figure sales training. If you guys have questions, slide into my Instagram DMs, neat.marketing. I love you guys. And I will catch you on next week's episode of Served Neat.